0: What's up, everybody? My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports for Monday, October 30th. I am so gosh dang excited for today's show. Uh, To understand why it matters so much to me, you have to understand the story of today's show. I hate college. I absolutely hate school. School is killing me. I I hate it. I I have four papers due this week, and I have writer's block in all of them. You know, I spent my whole weekend this weekend, Halloween weekend. Writing papers, trying to get everything done for school this week. <sighs> and and, and the, the truth is, I didn't finish my show prep last night. So I'm, I'm in classes and meetings from 8 a.m. until 4 p.m. today. And I get out of my classes at 4 p.m. And I found myself at 4.30 with no show, no prep. Not, all my prep wasn't done. And I'm miserable. I'm depressed. I'm really like, I'm hating school. I don't want to be here. Really struggling. Like, just why am I doing this? And then I sat down to start writing the show. And it just was—it just poured out of me. And that's when I realized how much I love doing this. This is my favorite thing at college. Doing strong opinion sports is what I love to do, and it's why I'm here. It turned my whole day around. I got to talk about what I love to do. I got to write about a ton of stuff. And here's where it gets even better. I was so pissed, because I normally record the show at 11 o'clock. I record the show at 11 a.m., try to get it out by 5. I'm recording the show right now at 10.03 p.m., and, and I'm sure everyone in my hall hates me. I feel bad. But it is what it is. There's no way they're trying to sleep. It's ten o'clock. Um, the NFL trade deadline happened. It's, it's coming up tomorrow. So all this thing, all these trades have been happening all day, and I'm pushing the show back later and later. And as a result of pushing the show back later, I can talk about all the things that happened and all the trades that went on today. I'm really, really excited. So actually, recording later, recording at ten o'clock at night. The thing I hate to do. The thing really makes me angry. Turns out to be a blessing in disguise. And that's where I want to start. I want to start with the news of the day. Nothing pumped me up like this next story. The Patriots backup quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo has been traded to the San Francisco 49ers for a second-round draft pick. I was I was shocked. I was I'm texting all my friends like are you seeing this? Are you seeing what's happening? I was amazed. I could not believe what I was reading when I read the news. And it's crazy because well first of all, it ruined my Sam Darnold segment for later I was like well well it almost ruined it I did salvage the segment but I was kind of bummed because I had a whole segment about Sam Darnold going to the 49ers my initial response to this um everyone's freaking out on Facebook on Twitter everyone's like how could the Patriots do this the Patriots are idiots and my initial response was completely different from everybody else my initial response to the Jimmy Garoppolo trade was what does Bill Belichick know that I don't you know, the impact of this trade is monumental. This changes everything. This makes the, the NFL so much more interesting. And I have all these questions after the trade. First off, you know, is Jimmy G a franchise player? Is Jimmy Garoppolo a franchise player? And will Tom Brady play for five more years? Does this mean that Bill Belichick will retire when Brady does? I don't know. I have no idea. I feel like everything I knew before is a lie and I don't know what to do. But here's the truth. This trade is really fishy. And if you saw a brand new Ford Mustang on Craigslist for $500, you're not going to buy that. Your first question would be, what's wrong with the car and how am I getting scammed? Because no one sells a brand new Ford Mustang for that cheap. I got news for you. No one would trade Russell Wilson for a second round draft pick. So I have now serious questions about Jimmy Garoppolo. Bill Belichick wouldn't trade a franchise quarterback, right? Like that, he, he's not that, he's, he's Bill Belichick. He's the smartest coach in the world. He's not going to trade a truly franchise quarterback for anything. And he he certainly could have gotten more for him. He could have gotten a first-round pick, a first-round pick and a player, a first-round pick and a second-round pick. It seems like Bill Belichick could have gotten a ton more for Jimmy Garoppolo. This certainly does make the NFL more interesting. And I want to point out that the only scenario where Jimmy Garoppolo is traded to the San Francisco 49ers and a franchise quarterback... So what I'm saying is Bill Belichick would not have traded Jimmy Garoppolo to the 49ers if he is a franchise quarterback. Unless these were things true were, unless these things I'm about to say were true. So maybe maybe Bill Belichick doesn't care about what happens after Brady. Maybe Bill Belichick's mindset is I am all in on Tom Brady. I don't care. We're going to make it happen. He's getting old. Let's give him the tools he needs. I don't care what happens. I'm going to retire with Brady. Don't forget, so Chris Hogan just got injured. One of the Patriots' best wide receivers. Julian Edelman is out for the year. So it's very possible and likely that the Patriots take the second round pick they got from the 49ers. They flip it, use it to get a receiver. Right now, who's the guy? T.Y. Hilton. The Colts have T.Y. Hilton apparently on the trading block. That would be huge. That would completely change everything about the Patriots. To have two to Brandon Cooks and T.Y. Hilton, suddenly they are... Not only the frontrunner from the Super Bowl, but everything is fixed and the Patriots would be really, really scary. Could Brady play for five more years? I mean, it, look at the way Tom Brady's playing this year. I made the argument last week, he should be the MVP and he's 40 years old. So who knows? I feel like everything I knew once again is a lie. But the question is, the 49ers won the trade, right? I mean, the 49ers got the franchise quarterback and they gave up only a second round pick. No, the truth is, even if, even if Jimmy Garoppolo is a franchise quarterback, if the Patriots can use the pick they got and win a Super Bowl, it's all forgotten. Then you don't care that you lost a franchise quarterback because you won a Super Bowl. It's all relying on that. Everyone's freaking out. Like, seriously, people are going insane. I'm getting texts, are you kidding me? I'm so mad at the Patriots. I'm seeing people at the diner where I'm working come down and say, like, Are you kidding? I'm a Patriots fan. The Patriots are ruined. We don't have anybody else. Guys, Bill Belichick is the best coach of all time. You really think you're smarter than Bill Belichick? Because let me tell you, you're not. You're not smarter than Bill Belichick. And it's crazy to me how quickly I changed my opinion on Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, he went from being franchise quarterback 100% to, uh, are you sure? I didn't realize all my belief in him was tied into the fact that the Patriots were keeping him around. I thought that was a sure bet because you wouldn't trade your franchise quarterback. And now that they have traded Jimmy Garoppolo, their franchise quarterback, I have serious questions about him. And I, I the history is not on Jimmy Garoppolo's side. Look at Ryan Mallett, Ryan Hoyer, Matt Castle. Even Jacoby Brissett, who still has a chance to be an elite quarterback, but we don't know. None of these Brady backups have really turned out to be anything special. So it's very possible that Jimmy Garoppolo is terrible, which is maybe why Bill Belichick only asked for a second round draft pick. Consider this. Once you pull the wool over someone's head, it never works again. So you could scam the 49ers, but then the 49ers are never going to trade with you ever again. And you look at everyone else around the league, you don't want to be known as, the the Patriots are already misliked. If they scammed the 49ers, took them for ransom, took everything they had and gave them Jimmy Garoppolo, the franchise quarterback, no one's going to work with Bill Belichick and the Patriots ever again. Again, maybe the Patriots could have gotten a first round draft pick and a player or a first round draft pick and a second round player. But if you lie, no one will ever trust you again. That is the truth. Look at Danny Ainge, another Boston guy, the Celtics general manager. People are really cautious when they work with the Celtics general manager. Because he's now, he's, first off, he traded and he basically pulled highway robbery in a trade with the Brooklyn Nets. And then he traded away an injured Isaiah Thomas, framing him as a good, he didn't, he wasn't, he didn't come clean. He wasn't honest with how injured he is. And now people are really cautious to work with Danny Ainge. I don't think the Patriots want that stain on their resume. They don't want to be looked at as the dangerous, cautious team to work with. So I don't know. I don't, is Jimmy Garoppolo a franchise player? I don't know. But I have serious questions and serious doubts. Because once again, my whole belief in Jimmy Garoppolo is based on the fact that the Patriots were not willing to get rid of him. And now that the Patriots have gotten rid of Jimmy Garoppolo... I'm really concerned and it seems fishy. It just seems wrong. You don't trade your Corvette or you don't sell your Ford Mustang, your brand new Ford Mustang for $500. You don't get a bargain bin Ford Mustang. It doesn't work that way. You don't get a bargain bin franchise quarterback. And that's what it seems like just happened. So I'd be very cautious. Let's wait and see what happens before we freak out and get all upset that Bill Belichick is an idiot and he doesn't know what he's doing. Another trade that I was really excited about was this. My hometown team, my favorite team, the Seattle Seahawks, traded corner Jeremy Lane. So here's what the Seahawks did. The Seahawks traded one of their corners, Jeremy Lane, a 2019 second round draft pick and a 2018 fifth round draft pick. And in return, the Texans gave the Seahawks their left tackle, Dwayne Brown, a former all pro pro bowl left tackle. Now, Dwayne Brown was, the reason I asked my first question was, why would the Texans do this? That's because Dwayne Brown held out of the Texans until last, until last weekend, Dwayne Brown was holding out against the Texans because of a contract dispute. Here is why this is such a great move for the Seahawks. I, I made a list, it's later, a segment later is five teams that could win the Super Bowl. And even before this trade, I had the Seahawks on that list. I said the Seahawks are playing good enough, they could win a Super Bowl. Now, after their offensive line is already making progress, they've already turned a corner. Now add a Pro Bowl left tackle to the Seahawks, it's it's really scary. Because Russell Wilson is far and away one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. People do not appreciate Russell Wilson. I made the argument that Tom Brady should be the MVP Because nobody could do what Tom Brady had done with the Patriots, getting them to their record. You could say the same thing about the Seahawks. Russell Wilson has had no offensive line this year. Bad to average wide receivers. Jimmy Graham not performing, dropping a lot of passes. He's got a great defense, but to win like he did. Remember when they beat the 49ers? Russell Wilson had a play where he's getting tackled and he escaped, threw a touchdown, and single-handedly won the game for the Seahawks. I mean, it's a team game. You need the defense. But my point is, Russell Wilson is one of a kind, and we need to start appreciating him. He's, got, he's a Hall of Famer. I, I'm guaranteed Russell Wilson is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He is the real deal. And now, I said this earlier in the year, the, I said that my prediction preseason was the Seahawks and the Patriots will play in the Super Bowl. And now that looks entirely possible. I'm really excited to see what the Seahawks can do the rest of this season. This summer was the best summer of my life. Um, I went from, I worked at a car, so I dropped out of college and worked at a car wash. And on Wednesday, I'm working at a car wash. And i just, my plan this summer was to make videos, to work at the car wash and save money. I got a call on Wednesday during my lunch break that said, hey, Zach, if you can be in LA by Friday, you have a job, you can come work on this film. And so on my lunch break, I w- I'm so excited at this point, LA, I, I love LA, I already went there once that summer. I quit my job, I finish the day, pack up all my stuff on Thursday, leave Thursday morning or Friday morning at 4am, get to LA on Friday night and work on this movie. It's amazing. I mean, and even here, here's how it went. I crashed my car. So that means it sounds awful, but I really got to drive a Mercedes all around LA the entire time I'm in LA. And you guys have all seen Two and a Half Men. Even if you don't, even if you haven't watched the show, you know what it is. The boy from Two and a Half Men is a guy named Angus Jones. When I lived in L.A., I lived with Angus Jones' mom. It was so cool. I got to see so many cool things. It was an incredible experience. I spent the summer going up and down the California coast from Santa Cruz to L.A., San Francisco to L.A., driving cars, living in mansions. It was ridiculous. It was an insane, ridiculous summer. It was a ton of fun. Things like this, when amazing things happen, you just need to appreciate the moment. L.A. was an amazing moment for me, a moment that... I'm never going to get a I may never get a moment like that again. So I just appreciate it. I lived in the moment. I had a ton of fun. I filmed everything. It's really cool. When I watch this World Series, I think we need to just appreciate what is happening. This World Series is incredible. I'm trying to do my work last night and I'm Mark knocks on my door and he goes, "Dude, are you watching this game? So we go watch, you know, we I was checking the score, but I didn't realize it's 12-12, to 12 and, and the LA Dodgers came back. And then they go to extra innings, and it's just such good baseball. 13-12, to 12, it was a crazy nail-biter last night. Game 5 was ridiculous. Maybe the best baseball game I've ever watched in my life, and that's right after Game 2 was the best baseball game I've watched in my entire life. This World Series is ridiculous. We've had 22 home runs, and just... It's insane, the numbers, the stats, the things we've seen, it's unbelievable. I remember a play, I think it was game two or three, the Astros won where the the Astros third baseman runs up, makes this incredible play, throws to the plate, gets the guy out, and I was just like, that's the level of baseball I'm watching? This is unbelievable. I really don't have that much intelligent, I don't have that many intelligent things to say about this game, because it's just, I'm just going to appreciate what it is. I don't have a narrative about my life. I don't have a, I mean, I guess I did, but I don't have a, a cool thing to say about relationships or a good metaphor. It's just incredible. We need to appreciate this. We may never get a World Series like this again. And here's what makes me so sad. You know, actually, I want to point out, remember that home run? So it's it's the bottom of the ninth and there's a double hit off the wall last night. And I was just like, Mark, is it, it gets hit up. And me and Mark look at each other like, is this the game right now? Did the game just end? And it bounced off the wall. It's a double and we go, oh, because, you know, I'm rooting for the Dodgers. I want the Dodgers to win. When baseball matters, it is so tense and incredible. When baseball matters, there's nothing like that in the entire world. You're never in football. I know you're a play away in uh, in overtime. I know in basketball, you can hit the game winning shot. But there's nothing quite like baseball where, you know, this next pitch could end the game. It's weird. It's wild. There's nothing like that. And it makes me sad because I know it'll never happen. I know money is good for baseball. It's working. They're not going to change anything. But it really makes me sad that there's 162 games because I really wish it was a shorter season where there's more impact with each loss. That's why the NFL is so great. That's Even basketball is better. I don't watch, I'll be honest, I don't watch basketball even until the playoffs. But if you shorten baseball season, oh my goodness, it would just uh, be incredible. I really only follow the Dodgers this year. I watched them on Instagram and some of their stuff. And I just don't care about baseball until October. Kind of like March Madness, I don't care about college basketball until March. When the tournament starts, bam, it's interesting, it matters. Baseball is so good when it matters. But regardless of the changes of the regular season or not, this World Series is been, has been incredible. It's, I just, I'm flabbergasted. I don't know what to say. Great storylines. The Dodgers are back for the first time in, I think, 100 years or something. The Astros are, the joke of the, base, the MLB is back. There's so many good storylines. It's such a good World Series. We need to just appreciate the moment. I'm going to take a short break. Um, coming up next, there are five teams I think that could win the Super Bowl, that have a chance to win the Super Bowl. There are also three college football teams that could win the national championship. I'm going to tell you what those are. And then what do Washington State, Ohio State University football, and Deshaun Kaiser all have in common? My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, the shows on YouTube, and tell your friends about this show. I want to grow the audience. I think I make a really good product. Tell your friends about this show. I hate college. I want to be done with college. If you subscribe, if you tell your friends to subscribe, I can monetize it. And be done with college. So please, hey, watch the dang show and tell your friends about it. It's not true. I'd probably, I'm would probably, i probably going to finish college regardless. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'll be right back. <laughs> you know, growing up, I was the varsity quarterback at the biggest high school in my town. And I, you know, hung out. My best friend was the homecoming queen. But I promise you, regardless of what you may think of me, I am the biggest nerd that you know. <laughs> it's it's re- remarkable. I'm the guy that brings a notebook and paper to a movie because I want to take notes while I watch movies in theaters because I'm, I'm weird. I'm a nerd. I love making lists. I made a great list uh, today. It's, it's, I'm really proud of it. I believe in it. These are the five teams I think could win the Super Bowl that have a chance. Not the teams that will make the playoff, but these are the legitimate teams that could actually win the Super Bowl. Here's how the NFL works. Quarterback is the most important thing in the NFL. The better your quarterback is, the less good your roster needs to be. A better quarterback can elevate a bad roster. That's why Aaron Rodgers had a chance. Because no matter what team Aaron Rodgers plays with, he is the best quarterback in the NFL. He's the best quarterback probably ever to play this game. Put any You put a college roster with him and he might have a chance because he's that incredible. These are the five teams that could win the Super Bowl. The Seahawks, the Texans, the Patriots, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. Notice three of them are the NFC. The NFC is amazing. Here's why the Seahawks could win the Super Bowl. First off, the Seahawks have a great coach. Pete Carroll is fantastic. I think he's the third best coach in the NFL. Russell Wilson is absolutely incredible. Even before when they had a bad offensive line, Russell Wilson was able to make it happen and win games. And now their offensive line is finally turning a corner. It's ridiculous. It's incredible. And they have the Legion of Boom. The Seahawks always have a great defense. So the Seahawks are a force to be reckoned with. The Texans have Deshaun Watson, the rookie of the year, in my opinion. Deshaun Watson is amazing. They have the second best roster in the entire NFL, and they have a a respectable coach. Bill O'Brien is not one of the top coaches in the NFL, but he's a respectable coach. He made a bad decision, I think, at the end of the Seahawks game, but he's he's not worthless. He can win you some games. He's a good coach, and again, the second best roster. And what a what a rookie quarterback he's. The best rookie quarterback statistically in the history of the league. And he didn't even start week one. It's ridiculous. The Patriots could win the Super Bowl for three reasons. They have a great owner, Robert Kraft. They have the best coach of all time and the best quarterback of all time. Honestly, Robert Kraft is probably the best owner of all time as well. It's him or Jerry Jones. I pick Robert Kraft. I like him. I like his style. The roster's not great for the Patriots. They have defensive issues. They have average receivers. But they have Tom Brady. When you have Tom Brady, your roster can be subpar because Tom Brady is one of those guys that elevates everyone else around him. Now, the, the Cowboys are a different story. Dak Prescott is not the kind of quarterback that can really elevate a bad roster, but the Cowboys have a fantastic roster. Their offensive and defensive lines are ridiculous. It's the Eagles and the Cowboys have the two best balanced offensive and defensive lines where both units are really good. The offensive line is winning games for the Cowboys. I know we talk about Ezekiel Elliott and we talk about Dak Prescott, but the real narrative is the Cowboys' offensive line just doing incredible things. They are ridiculous. Now, the Eagles are my Super Bowl favorite. This is a team I believe in more than any other team in the NFL. They're great on both sides of the ball. Their offensive line is amazing. Their defensive line is amazing. Like like elite level, it's ridiculous. And that's hard to do in this area of the salary cap where you have to spend a lot of money to get good players on both sides of the ball. You really have to pick one. The Seahawks pick defense. The Patriots have picked offense. You know what I mean? It's rare for to have a team that is that good on both sides of the ball. And another thing that really helps the Eagles is Carson Wentz is an elite quarterback. He's the best young quarterback in the league and he really does elevate everybody around him. Carson Wentz is amazing and the Eagles are my favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. I bet that feels really good, doesn't need to hear, Mike? I left out three notable teams. First off, the Steelers are not going to win the Super Bowl. They have too much turmoil going on in their locker room. They need a new coach. They need to fix their locker room issues. Steelers are out. And the Rams aren't going to win a Super Bowl either. Jared Goff is not good enough. To elevate their roster. Jared Goff is being helped by a really good, amazing coach in Sean McVay. And Jared Goff is going to win games. He may beat the Seahawks and win the division, but the Seahawks could win a Super Bowl because of their quarterback. Jared Goff will wilt at the end of the year, and I don't believe in him. Now, here's a team, I feel bad about this. I like picking a side. I didn't pick a side with the Kansas City Chiefs. Which is weird, it feels wrong. Uh, And I so badly want to trust the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm a fan of Alex Smith. I like Alex Smith. He's playing the best in his career. And I really believe the coach for the Chiefs, Andy Reid, is the second best coach in the NFL. I'd take it's Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, and then Pete Carroll. I'd take Andy Reid before Pete Carroll. But I got this gut feeling. I just don't trust the Chiefs. I wish I did. I want to. But when you know, you know. I picked this camera because you've heard me last episode. I picked this camera because I knew right away it was the one I wanted. I don't look at the Chiefs and go, they're going to win the Super Bowl. I don't feel it. I have this gut feeling It's I'm uneasy about. I don't trust them. So I wish I did. I don't trust the Chiefs. Again, here are the five teams that could win the Super Bowl. The Seattle Seahawks, the Houston Texans, the New England Patriots, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Philadelphia Eagles are my favorite to win the Super Bowl. I love making lists. You know this. I'm a weird nerd. I made a list because um, you know, college football has different rules. So here are the three teams that could win the national championship. College football has very different rules from the NFL. In the NFL, a quarterback is the most important thing you need to win games. You cannot win without a quarterback in the NFL. That is not the case in college football. Here's how college football works. Your coach is the most important part of your football team because your coach can recruit top athletes and then teams like Alabama who don't have a great quarterback can win games because their athletes are so much better and so much farther ahead than everybody else in the in college football coaches win you games with recruiting coaches recruit great players who dominate physically and win national championships. I'm not saying quarterbacks don't win games. But quarterbacks don't win national championships in college. Sam Darnold is probably the best quarterback in college. He has no chance to win a, super, win a national championship. His roster simply isn't good enough. It's a different game. It's a very different game. You know, an, a team with average quarterback play and a great roster can win games similar to Alabama. There are three teams that have the athletic talent to win the national championship. These teams, I look at them, you already know the guy in sixth grade. There's, I went to school with a guy in 6th grade who was 6'5". And you're like, what? You're a 6th grader? And you just look at that 6th grader. When he plays sports, he's different. You look at him and you're like, that's a different dude. That is what these three teams look like. Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. These three teams are just physically different than everybody else. Now, but the one team that will win, in my opinion, I believe Ohio State will win the national championship. Even though Alabama has a great roster, even though Clemson's ridiculously talented, and even and Ohio State is ridiculously talented, but let's put it on paper. Here's why. In a list, why Ohio State will win the national championship. And it's funny because everybody bailed on them when they lost to Oklahoma. I did not. All three teams have elite coaches. Oklahoma, or sorry, Ohio State is an elite coach. Clemson has an elite coach. So does Alabama. And all three teams have elite rosters. Amazing top-level athletes. NFL guys. All three teams have NFL guys on their roster. So then it comes down to quarterback. Cuz once you once you account for the coach, once you account for the roster, it comes down to quarterback. Ohio State has the best quarterback of those three teams, giving Ohio State the best chance to win the national championship. Big-time players deliver in big moments. John Wall is not a big time player because John Wall does not deliver when it matters the most. Tom Brady delivers. JT Barrett is the real deal. I'll be honest. I was really nervous watching. I predicted Ohio State to win and beat Penn State. And watching that game, I was really nervous because it, it looked like Ohio State was in trouble. But JT Barrett delivered. JT Barrett is the real deal. Because big-time players deliver in big-time moments, and JT Barrett did deliver. Here are what JT Barrett's stats were in the fourth quarter against Penn State. He was 13 for 13 passing with 170 yards and three touchdowns. JT Barrett is the best quarterback of all the teams that have a chance to win the national championship. Here's what I love about JT Barrett. The story of this season for JT Barrett has been resilience. Do you remember when everybody remembers this? Ohio State lost to Oklahoma, and everybody immediately bailed on Ohio State. Their quarterback isn't good enough. They can't make it happen. It's done. Ohio State's done. Their season's over. JT Barrett looked lost. He was not playing well, but JT Barrett hung in there. He had mental fortitude. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, these teams are great, but JT Barrett is the best quarterback of these three teams, and JT Barrett will win Ohio State the national championship. What about Oklahoma? I know we talked about Oklahoma. They almost, they did beat Ohio State. They're really good. I think they're going to make the college football playoff. I even think, I will go as far as saying Oklahoma could win one of the playoff games. But they're not good enough physically. Because here's why. Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma's quarterback, is magic. He really is. He's a scrappy, gifted kid that just makes things happen. He's one of those guys that does deliver, right? But their roster isn't good enough. It's not the NFL. If this were the NFL... Yeah, Baker Mayfield's winning the national championship, but this is not the NFL. Baker Mayfield cannot elevate the athletes around him's physical ability. In the NFL, it's way more equivalent athletically. College football's not like that. College football, there's a big discrepancy between Alabama and Washington State University and Oregon and USC, and Oklahoma simply is not good enough to hang with Ohio State and, and Clemson and Alabama. Penn State's great, or Oklahoma's great. And they have a great quarterback, but they will not win a national championship. They're not dominant enough physically. Again, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. Those are the three teams that have a chance to win the national championship. I'm picking Ohio State. Dad, I'm like mumbling and dumbling all over the place. I'm a gut person. Now, Usually I'm right the first time I make a prediction. I said this earlier. I talked about gut. I changed my opinion on two things this season. And that I was right initially about. I was right about Washington State earlier this season. And I was right about Deshaun Kaiser. And I was right about Ohio State. Now the difference between these three things, I changed my opinion on two of them. Early this season, I said that, I, I called Washington State football a fraud. I said they are not as good as everybody believes. When they were number nine in the nation, I was going, ah, hold up. They're not that great. Just wait. I watched his team practice. I watched Luke Falk in scrimmages. I watched him practice because I, I go to the school. I was able to look down and see. Luke Falk has not impressed me this season. He hasn't had a dominant performance where he just killed it over the top. He really hasn't. And WSU is not that great up front. They have limited wide receivers. I have not believed in WSU all year. And yet, I learned th- this is what I learned as a broadcaster. I let my opinion... Get changed by people giving me crap. I got bullied off of my position, and then I used my the USC game to change my course. USC was not a top team; they shouldn't be in the top twenty-five. We've seen they lost to Boise State and Arizona recently. They lost to, Sorry, they lost to Cal, thirty-seven to three, and they lost to Arizona, fifty-eight to thirty-seven. And Luke Falk, their legendary, amazing quarterback Who is? Luke Falk is incredible I'd love to meet him someday I really don't mean offense You're probably never going to want to talk to me again after this video I'm really sorry um, But Luke Falk has been benched twice this season He got benched on national TV against Boise State And he got benched again this week against Arizona Which is sad I don't know what's wrong with him I know his, his grandpa just died It's, it's awful, it's sad um, But if Luke Falk doesn't show up Washington State can't win games because they're limited everywhere else so I just I don't believe in Washington State I wish I did I, I I've changed my opinion back and forth I got bullied out of my position initially I believed they weren't good enough and I still believe that I don't think they're going to beat uh, UW they might lose this weekend at Stanford I'm really not confident in that game I should have stuck with my gut on this one I also should have stuck with my gut on Deshaun Kaiser you know, here, early, or around the draft, around the NFL draft, I made a video about Deshaun Kaiser. I talked about some of his flaws and some of his issues. Here's what I said about Deshaun Kaiser at the draft Deshaun Kaiser is really frustrating to watch on tape. Because one play, he'll make this brilliant throw that's crazy and impossible and no one else can make. But then the next play, he'll throw a bubble screen in the dirt or he'll miss an easy five yard out. The guy was in shorts and a t shirt at the NFL combine and he still struggled to hit his throws. That's alarming. You're going to waste a pick on a guy who's been nothing but inconsistent. My question is, will Deshaun Kaiser be willing to spend 14 hours a day on the grindstone? Deshaun Kaiser is playing just like he did in college. He's immature, and he's inconsistent. He's making all the same mistakes he made in college. He hasn't evolved. He hasn't grown. That's what's amazing about Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is playing better than he did in college here's an issue I, I call Deshaun Kaiser immature on, on Friday night before the game against the Titans Deshaun Kaiser was in a bar at one in the morning not in bed not studying the playbook Deshaun Kaiser was out at a bar on a Friday night before a football game as an NFL quarterback you can't do that dude did you not learn from Johnny Manziel immaturity is killing this kid and he lost to the Titans. Deshaun Kaiser threw two interceptions against the Titans. And I'll admit it, I got fooled. I, I actually believe, you know, I didn't ever believe in WCU as much as I said. I believed in Deshaun Kaiser. I got fooled in the preseason. He said all the right things. Deshaun Kaiser played great in the preseason against bad teams, against mostly guys that didn't even make the NFL roster. I'm never going to get fooled again by a guy playing in the preseason. We learned this year. Deshaun Kaiser looked like a champ in the preseason, and he has stunk it up in the NFL, in the real NFL games. Preseason's worthless. You can't judge a quarterback based on preseason. All you can do is see their attitude and effort. You you can't judge their reading a defense. You can't judge their ability. All you can judge in the preseason is a quarterback's attitude and effort. And, you know, maybe I just really wanted the Browns to turn it around. I feel so bad for the Browns. They've been the worst roster for years and years and years. And the Browns can never figure it out. I wanted them to have a franchise quarterback, but sadly they do not. Deshaun Kaiser is not good enough and he's not an NFL quarterback. And I should have stuck with my gut. I'm Sorry, I did. I have stuck with my, the one thing I never wavered on. I wish I'd stuck with my gut for WSU. I wish I'd stuck with my gut about Deshaun Kaiser. I have never wavered about Ohio State. When Ohio State lost to Oklahoma, I said, they will come back, they'll be okay, They they will win out and win the national championship. It looks pretty good on that prediction right now. They just beat Penn State. It was a close game. They played really bad against Penn State, I think. But it's still possible. Ohio State can come back and win the national championship. I should have stuck with my gut. I'm gonna take another short break. When I return... There's a war brewing in baseball, a war that no one's talking about. People are talking about a little bit, but it's really concerning to me, and I want to address it. And there's a life lesson we can learn from Sam Darnold's college football season. Sam Darnold doesn't know it, but he's teaching us a lot about life. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Subscribe to Strong Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. And tell your friends about this show. I want to grow the show. I want to build it monetarily. I'd love to do this for my job someday. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'll be right back. I'll be honest. I'm a little bit uncomfortable with what just happened. I don't want to beg you guys not to, to to tell your friends about this show. I, I'll earn your trust. I will keep doing this show every day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'll give you a good product, and I will earn your respect, and I will make this show so good you have to tell your friends about it. How about that? that? Is that a good deal? Let's do that. I like that better. I used to work with a guy who was... He's a small, dorky guy. He had one of those high pitched nasally voices, those voices that you just really hate. Uh, but he was a good worker. I really respected his work ethic. Did that work, by the way? I tried that. I don't know if that worked. <laughs> ah, screw it. Um, he had this really annoying nasally voice. I just, he's one of those guys that I respected his work ethic. Um, but I'd been there for a year before he did. I got there, we hired him on. I'd been there for a year at this job. Um, and he showed up the first day and tried to tell me what to do. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? I know this job in and out. I've been here for a year now, all year. And, and, and I, I really hated this guy. I really, he was a smart ass. He was a pain in the butt. I hated working with him because he always thought he was knew better than you. Even when he was wrong, he would find some hole, some loophole and make it seem like he was better than you and knew better. And it wasn't even his fault. It was just the way he delivered words. He just talked down to people. Nice guy. He meant well. Really didn't like working with him. This guy was a smart ass. There is a war brewing in Major League Baseball. It's analytics versus the old guard. The guys that know baseball, that understand how baseball is supposed to work. <sighs> Anytime a manager makes a mistake in baseball, an analytics guy will undermine him and point out. Oh, well, analytics say you should have done this, and it drives me nuts. It reminds me of that kid I worked with. When something would go wrong, like we'd, be, we'd run out of popcorn because our manager wouldn't order popcorn, and this new kid would come up and he'd be like, oh, did I give it away? <laughs> Whoops. Um, we would run out of a product, and he would, he would come up and be like, well, you shouldn't have ran out of popcorn. It's like, I can't control that. I know you think I control how much popcorn we have in stock in this place. We don't. I don't control that. That's just part of working here. Does that make sense? It, I really hated working in the movie theater. It was a pain in the butt. But he thought he knew better than me all the time, and he really did not. I'll be honest. I'm not much of a numbers guy. It's a, really, it's a problem I have with my show. It's a problem I'm trying to fix. I'm making an effort to include more stats and to talk about numbers a little more. Uh, analytics have their place. Analytics are very important. But there's also something to be said for people that break analytics. It's it's just analytics versus the old guard. So Tom Brady. Tom Brady breaks analytics. Because analytics say that Tom Brady at 40 years old should not be able to play at a high level in the NFL. And yet, guess what Tom Brady does? He plays at a high level in the NFL. LeBron shouldn't be dominant. I think he's 14 years into his career. Michael Jordan was done. Michael Jordan couldn't play at the top at the high level anymore this far into this end into his NBA career yet LeBron James is still the best in the world analytics don't explain that he breaks analytics last night the Dodgers took Clayton Kershaw out of the game in the fifth inning and I mean I know it was going rough people say that Kershaw blew it I really don't believe that I, I really wish they'd left Kershaw in and here's how you would have justified it I would have been so okay if they left Kershaw in and if Kershaw had blown the entire game and they lost If they just said, look, Clayton Kershaw is the best pitcher in all of baseball. Best pitcher in years. Analytics may say one thing, but Clayton Kershaw is one of those guys that breaks analytics. I think he went 10 games without a home run in a row. He just does incredible, ridiculous things. He's like superhuman. He's the best guy in the world at his craft. Clayton Kershaw is fantastic. So even though traditionalists uh, have this... A lot of traditionalist baseball fans I'm seeing on Twitter are saying, leave Kershaw in. He's doing good. Let him ha- have a comeback. And analytics people are saying, you got to take him out, obviously. I would have been okay if they left him in. And even if he'd blown the game, if they just said, look, Kershaw is incredible. He's one of those LeBron James, Tom Brady type of guys that you just can't rely on analytics. I think both have their place. I think there's something to be said for analytics. They're important. They do often get it right. But then there's Tom Brady who just does not follow the rules. So you got to leave – both need to exist in the same space. And they need to cohesively work together. Analytics and the old guard traditionalist baseball fan. I don't know how it works out, but they need to coexist somehow. Right now it's not working because you have managers who are getting undermined by people saying, you should have done this. And our whole – my whole time watching sports – No one listens to the Twitter guy who's like, the coach should have done this. It's like, you don't understand football. But now we're listening to these guys because the numbers are usually right. But it's like, you don't understand baseball. So both need to have a voice. Both the analytics guy and the traditional baseball guy need to have their opinion and their say and need to work together somehow. Is that a war of baseball? I hate college. I absolutely hate college. I want to be done. I want to leave college. I have dreams. I really, I really want to open my own company. I want to have my own podcast making money. I'd love to be a national broadcaster. I, I just, I have lofty goals. I'm well aware that I might be totally silly, but I'm going for it. I'm really trying. And I hate college because my history class does not help me. I just, I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. My favorite broadcaster, Colin Cowherd, left college early. He left college, I think his senior year, took a job in Vegas calling baseball games and used that to springboard himself up into better jobs and better and better jobs. I've had to think about this a lot. Would I leave college if I got the opportunity? Well, I'd have to leave for the right opportunity because I'm not going to leave Washington State University, a place I love, a school I'm enjoying. Even though I hate school, I'm enjoying college. I like making my podcast in my room. I like telling stories. I make all kinds of videos. I do a lot of cool stuff. I love my friends up here. I would not leave WSU for a job setting up lights in LA. In fact, I've already had that job once. It was fine, but it's that's not my dream. I would leave LA. I would leave WSU if I got a job broadcasting on television or doing radio somewhere. I would I would leave for that. But it, ha- it would have to be the right decision. It have to be a company I liked, bosses I believed in, a good situation I felt good about. Everybody's speculating whether Sam Darnold will leave USC at the end of the season or not. And I really think we should just leave Sam Darnold alone. Like, guys, he doesn't have any idea right now. He's in the middle of his football season. Let the guy finish his football season. Then I want to hear the articles. What is Sam Darnold thinking? But I'll say this. I will not talk about Sam Darnold possibly leaving or not. But if this were me, if I was Sam Darnold and I was trying to weigh my options about the NFL— well, here's here's what my argument was before Jimmy Garoppolo was traded. I said, look, if Cleveland gets the first pick, no way. And if the 49ers get the first pick, I'm all in. Cause I would want to work with John Lynch and Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan. I like the 49ers organization. I I don't care who the coach is in Cleveland, unless it's Pete Carroll or maybe Nick Saban. I don't know. I don't know what it would take for me to go to Cleveland. I would never go to Cleveland. Cleveland is a dumpster fire. They've been there for years. I'm sorry. But if I'm Sam Darnold and Cleveland had the number one overall pick, I would not leave college for that situation. That's like leaving college for a bad job with a bad manager setting up lights when your dream is to be on camera. Does that make sense? Do not take a bad job out of – don't leave college for a bad job that you don't really want. If the Broncos traded up, Sam Darnold, leave college. Go to the Broncos. That's an amazing organization. And Sam might have actually gone to San Francisco. But Sam Darnold should not leave college early. Sorry. I would not leave college early if I was Sam Darnold. And my option was the Browns. I would not want to play for the Browns. That's a franchise I would stay far away from. That's a bad job with a bad manager and a bad gig. I want to talk about Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is absolutely incredible. This guy every week is blowing me more and more away. He's incredible. He gets better and better every week. It's unbelievable. Before the draft, I made a video about Deshaun Watson and I said this. If I had to pick one guy, if I had to bet my future on one of these guys, it would be Deshaun Watson. What I love the most about Deshaun Watson. The guy has character and poise. He plays his best football when it matters the most. When the bright lights come on and the pressure's at his highest, he has poise. He's calm and cool. Consistency is one of the most important things to me in life. With my coffee, with my friends, and with the quarterbacks I look at. And I'm going to pick the guy, Deshaun Watson, who's consistently been his best in big games. And that is why he's the best quarterback in this year's draft. Coming out of college, I was really worried about Deshaun Watson's accuracy and his footwork. I did not think he had a good enough arm to belong in the NFL. I knew he had poise. I, I had seen Deshaun Watson elevate himself in amazing situations. The national championship, he was unfazed. And we've seen that this year. We've seen Deshaun Watson go into Seattle and not, he, not even get phased by it. But QBs, because quarterbacks normally go to Seattle and struggle. But here's what's so incredible about Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is not only incredibly accurate and making good decisions and throwing a great deep ball, he's doing it better than he did in college. Deshaun Watson had bad footwork and really struggled throwing the ball deep downfield in college football. Did you see that play last yesterday? He, he slid over in the pocket, threw like an 80-yard bomb for a touchdown, and I was just like, oh my god, that's the same guy that played for Clemson? Clemson, he didn't use his legs, he had bad footwork. He clearly is getting good coaching and help in the NFL. Deshaun Watson is even better throwing the football and more accurate, in the NFL than he was in college, and that rarely happens. Usually, you go from college to the NFL and you take a dip, because there's guys everywhere. you get your everything's faster. Jared Goff is less accurate in the NFL than he was in college. Deshaun Watson is an anomaly. The only guy that's even similar to that is Dak Prescott. Who Dak Prescott's better and more accurate in the NFL than he was in college. But here's some here are some statistics that just are absolutely insane about Deshaun Watson. The record for the most games with three touchdowns or more in the NFL is four. Peyton Manning had four games with three touchdowns or more. Marcus Mariota had four games with three touchdowns or more. Dak Prescott had four games with three touchdowns or more. And Sean Watson has tied that record. Deshaun Watson has four games with three touchdowns or more in his rookie year. The difference is Deshaun Watson has nine games left this NFL season. He is on pace to obliterate every rookie record in the NFL. And he didn't even play week one. Deshaun Watson is tearing it up. It's unbelievable. It's unheard of. The rookie record for touchdowns in a season is 26. I think it was Peyton Manning that set that record. Deshaun Watson has 19 touchdowns already, and there are nine games left this season. Deshaun Watson is obviously the rookie of the year. And he is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. He has the most touchdown passes through seven games more than anyone ever in the NFL. Kurt Warner had, I think, 18 touchdowns as a, uh, in his first seven games in the NFL. And Kirk, uh, Kurt Warner played all seven of the first games. Deshaun Watson didn't even play in the first game and he's breaking records. It's unbelievable. We do appreciate Deshaun Watson. He is doing things that are unheard of. The Texans are the best 3-4 and four team ever to play in the NFL. This is who the, the, the Texans have lost to. The Texans have lost close games to the Patriots, the Chiefs, and the Seahawks. All three are playoff teams. They also lost a game to the Jaguars before Deshaun Watson was even the starter in the first week. And the Jaguars have a really good defense the Texans are currently third place in the AFC South, but I promise you, they will not be that way for long. They are the best 3-4 and four team in the history of the NFL. The Texans have the second-best roster in the NFL, and they have the best rookie quarterback this year in this year's draft. Deshaun Watson's unbelievable. He's the rookie of the year, and he is the reason why I'm so excited about the Texans. If you want to talk about one more thing, I have one more thing. I got into an argument with my buddy Drake about... You know what? I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it. My name is Zach Schellmer. This has been Strong Opinion Sports. On Wednesday, I want to talk about the Broncos quarterback situation. I have so much to say. I got into an argument with my buddy Drake about it. It's quick and brief, but man, the Broncos are in trouble. The Broncos season is done. We will talk about that on Wednesday on Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schellmer. Please subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter, at Zach Schellmer, and tell your friends about this show. I am working my butt off to give you a product you can be proud of. If you like this product, if you enjoy it, if you listen to it, please tell your friends about this show. My name is Zach Schaumler. This has been Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so much for listening to my passion project. Love you guys. Have a great one. Take care.